On today's episode, it's a doozy. We talk about poop, baby grandmas, Crocs, how ready is a lie, how inauthenticity is exhausting. We have butt cream as influencers tattooing your left butt cheek, but seriously, we cover all of that and give you all the secrets to marketing. And I mean it, the secrets to marketing, to seven figures, eight figures by one of the best in the game. I can't do it any more justice. Let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Mind of George Show. This is a free-for-all Friday episode where just about anything can happen. I've had business leaders come on and share insider industry secrets. I've had monks and hypnotherapists come on, talk about mindset, discipline, the subconscious, and even swearing at me, which I never thought I would hear from a monk. Plus, I've had hours of spilling my deepest thoughts, fears, ideas, and everything in between the earlobes in my mind of George. But you can find all the episodes at mindofgeorge.com, and you never know what can happen on a free-for-all Friday. But one thing that can be guaranteed is it will either be eye-opening groundbreaking, or at the very least, entertaining. So let's open our minds and get into the show. All right, everybody, welcome back to another Free For All Friday on the Mind of George Show. And I will have to say that my guest today is somebody I know that makes my energy look like I'm sleeping. So she is the queen of baby grandmas. She's in business with her brother, is addicted to Crocs, is fed sourdough against her best wishes. The queen of authenticity has a podcast, a CBD company, the best event in the world, and is changing the world with poop jokes and everything imagined. I am so honored and so delighted to have my friend Angie on the show. Oh my gosh, that was the best intro I've ever heard. Yes, yes, yes. How do you know me so well? <laughs> I literally pride myself on being the Eminem of marketing because I can't sing and I'm obsessed with freestyle rap and watching it, but I can't do it. So I do it in marketing. Her energy makes me feel like I'm asleep. <laughs> <laughs> something about crocs, something about poop jokes. You know what? I'm here for it. <laughs> oh, I'm so stoked to have you. It's so Yay. fun. Um, oh, man. I'm going to kick this off because I, I think you're going to answer this where it goes, but I, I'm just going to lead it. So one of the, my favorite questions, I kind of like to rip the bandaid off and you've been in this yeah. game for a long time and you literally carve your own path, but you do it in a way that is just so fun and invigorating and leading. And you are even writing a book about this. But the first question I always ask everybody is like, when you look back at your career in any parts of it. What yeah. was one of the biggest quote unquote, like mistakes or lessons that you've learned? And then how do you mitigate it now into the future? Yeah, I would say one of the biggest mistakes I've made other than obviously losing money on random, stupid, but not stupid business ideas. I mean, Mike and I had a food distribution business in Chicago before <laughs> we had uh soul CBD and I thought it was going to be the next big thing. I was like, Mike, this is going to be it healthy food delivered to people's doorsteps. This is genius. He's like, no, that's not going to be a thing. And now, I mean, everybody's got fresh and lean delivered to their house. So I did forecast this 10 years ago. <laughs> but um, honestly, I when I look back, I, I, I feel like my mistake, not mistake, but when I look back and I think of regrets, it's always me not being as cheesy as it sounds, as authentic as I could be. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of my career, having a personal brand, I was pretending to be somebody I wasn't. And I was being more serious and not expressing my energy and my weirdness and mm -hmm. all of who I am and all of who really Angie is because I was trying to look like everybody else in my industry. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the other women in my industry are very polished and serious. And when I came into this world, I looked around and said, oh, if that's how she's teaching marketing, that's how I have to do it too. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I 
realized that inauthenticity is exhausting and I didn't want to act fake anymore that I started to, like you said in the beautiful intro, <laughs> to <laughs> give poop jokes and talk about my love of Crocs and just weird, gitchy things that I was embarrassed to share about or I thought nobody was going to relate to on this that my brand actually blew up because mm -hmm. other because women then reached out and said, oh my gosh, you're just like me. Oh my gosh, you are weird. Oh, you show yourself not always looking perfect or oh, you say inappropriate weird things. And it's just, it's really given me permission to be myself. And so- and so when I look back, I would say that I wish I would have done that sooner. Mm -hmm. I wish I would have just been fully me from the get-go versus spending the first few years pretending I was somebody that I wasn't. Yeah, yeah. It's You know, it's funny. It's like we both got to the same conclusion. I just had to give away a company to learn the lesson, right? I had to walk away from being an influencer because it, it killed me. Yeah. Like it literally, yeah. it literally killed me. And it's like for me, it's, it's funny. The word lie is going to cut bump in this show just because of your book. But it felt like I had to keep living this lie and eventually it unraveled. But it cost me what felt like everything. But is there a part of you that thinks though now like looking back like and, – and guys, like I'm going to say this right now. If you don't follow Angie on Instagram <laughs> – Prepare your hearts. <laughs> like I literally like I don't think I've ever laughed just thinking about somebody's Instagram until like right oh, this moment. I love that. That makes me so happy. It it really, really is. It's like a joy of sunshine, like the one across the chest in your video right now from the light yeah. in your window. Yeah. Um But is there a part of you that also thinks too, like, you know, when you look back that you had to kind of go through that evolution to see that perspective so you could fully embody who you are today? A hundred percent because contrast is necessary. And so knowing what it's like to fake it online as an influencer <laughs> and somebody who's <laughs> that word, just, I don't know why that word gets such a bad rap, right? It's yeah. like, I'm, I'm really committed to being an anti-influencer now, which means I am an influencer. I am paid by brands, but I'm so against the, the typical, like I live in Los Angeles and all I talk about is, you know, butt cream and I'm perfect all day influencer, but I, um, I do feel like that contrast was necessary. So now I know what it feels like to just be fully myself. And you talked about energy. The reason I have a lot of energy is because I'm not pretending to be somebody I'm not. And inauthenticity is exhausting. So I have more energy to yeah. <laughs> do whatever I want to do. <laughs> it's like there's this like secret sauce. I love it. I, I absolutely love it. And I mean, it's it's true, but I think it's something that I – what I really admire um, from afar, and I, I actually told you this like when I met you, like just your energy, yeah. but like you don't worry about – like the way that I see it is you're like, okay, I'm in alignment first. Like this is what feels the best for me. This is what I want to say, how I want to say it, what I want to do, and you come from there and then figure out the best place to put it, right? And I feel like yeah. – you know, if I had to air quote anybody the secret, like that's the only way to do it. And, you know, you tend to carve your own path when it comes to marketing and you have massive success. Like, isn't it like top 100 podcasts, like best women's event, like 11 million downloads. Like, yeah. by the way, the website's dope. Their branding is great on what they did oh. with your website. I love it. I'm jealous. Uh, yeah, totally. Crocs new CEO. I mean, yeah, I'm. Oh yeah, Crocs new CEO. I mean, literally. <laughs> I had to see this queen of baby grandma thing and the baby grandma thing. I'm like, what is this? And I was like, there's coffee cups with grandmas. I was like, did Angie, did she? Of course she did. Of course she did. Okay. Got it. But what, but what I think is so powerful is like you apply that everywhere. You have a CBD company with your brother, right? So my soul CBD, you are in my opinion, like one of the Queens of Instagram live events, you motivate people, you do it. But even in everywhere, you don't, 
hold yourself down to like the specific lane of like, oh, I have to go build an email list or I have to just do Instagram or I have to just do Facebook or I have to do events. You ask yourself like, who is it that I want to be and what do I want to share? And then I think you take the approach of like, where's the best place to put it? Something yeah, you're, you're a genius. I could tell you're, you're obviously really smart because you're able to, the fact that you're able to analyze what I'm doing and the psychology behind the brand is so, I mean, it just speaks to your brain and your genius, but I, I'm, I'm extremely multi-passionate and a lot of my content now is speaking to that woman or man who is multi-passionate saying, Hey, listen, if you also have ADD and you're a seven on the Enneagram <laughs> and you're multi-passionate, I see you, I feel you, I am you, let's do this. You can do many things. You can have many different business models, but not all at once. Mm -hmm. And that's the mistake people make is, oh, I just want to do it all at once. I want to have digital products, physical products, live events. I want to have a podcast. I want to do all of these things overnight, a merchandise line. And they try to do it all overnight and then it is confusing. So I'm a really big believer in, yes, you can do it all, just not all at once. Mm -hmm. So that's a huge part of the brand, but yeah, I don't like following a lot of the marketing rules because I believe that a lot of them, marketing is a science and an art. Mm-hmm. And I focus a lot more on the art of marketing than the science of it. A lot of people focus on the back end, the analytics, um, the ROI. They focus on their numbers. They obsess about the the left brain metrics of the business versus focusing on how did I actually impact my customer today? Did I touch people? Did I respond to that message with empathy, Mm -hmm. right? Empathy is so underrated right now. A lot of marketers don't really care about their customers. And so because I actually care and because I actually respond and because I put humans before metrics, I'm able to connect deeper with my audience and that potential customer. And thus they go tell their friend, Hey, Susie, she actually responds or she actually listens or her content it feels like she's actually talking to me. She actually listens. And so then I'm able to have word of mouth marketing, which costs me $0 while everyone else is focusing on, oh, did this one ad convert? Mm-hmm. Everything I've done has been organic. I don't spend a dollar on ads. And nope. so for me to create that content that actually spreads, I have to focus on shareable content. I have to put the customer first and I have to focus on human psychology more than I do. Mm-hmm. Okay. How many likes did this get? How many shares did this get? I mean, I don't look at that every day. I can't, I look at it once a month and then I move forward and I create content that I know is going to help her because if you get so stuck in the analytics of marketing, you forget why you're doing it and you forget how to even speak to the customer. And the next thing you know, you don't have empathy and, and they're on to the next person who does. And this is very Gary V, you know, my, <laughs> my, my God, where is Gary V? I love him, but empathy is just so underrated right now. And I think that is the reason why I stand out is because I actually give a shit. I actually give a shit about who I'm speaking to and they can feel that. Yeah. And you know, there's so many things I want to unpack first, just for everybody listening. It's just some more validation that when I trademark relationships, beat algorithms, there was an art and a reason to it. You're welcome. Yes. That's so good. But I mean, like that's, that's what it is. Like we use a lighthouse as an analogy in everything because it's a consistent beam of light or it's a consistent job and it doesn't matter when people come in. It just matters when they get there. There's a safe space. Like, That's it. And so when you said, you know, marketing is an art and a science, I think the only science of marketing, in my opinion, is consistency. Everything else is an art. And, you know, what I love and and for those listening, like what I unpack from what you said is that you also don't measure in hours, minutes, days or transactions while trying to transform your business. You understand that like the actions you take consistently today are going to create a result that might not be realized for six months, nine months, 12 months. And I will say the thing, if I could go back to your intro, I would add the queen of consistency. And, and I really, really, really mean that. 
um, because I think people undervalue that as a strategy and tactic right off the bat. Like it is the most powerful quote unquote strategy and tactic is consistency. Yeah. And, and what I love that you do, and I'd love for you to talk about this is that what is perfect is that you're posting in alignment, but what it looks like doesn't always look perfect. It could be you jumping on a rebounder. It could be you throwing sticky notes up. It, like literally you do videos in your shower because the natural daylight in your bathroom is better and you'll run webinars on a cardboard box with a phone, no mic, no background noise with the landscapers outside and Clay walks in with sourdough and a piece of butter on it to tell you, well, he sleeps with a sourdough culture next to your bed, right? Like... <laughs> What is my life? I give up. I quit. You know, this is an intervention. <laughs> this is a therapy session. I will Venmo you later. I quit. I actually quit. No, it's, 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 oh, <laughs> I'm about the sourdough, but well, wait, what was the question? Shit, my ADD. <laughs> that ready, that ready is a lie. And oh, consistency. Is now, yes, consistency. Yeah, I mean, consistency breeds legitimacy. And so many mm. people are in this paralysis of what should I share? What should I post? First of all, they don't know who they're talking to. So that's why they have this paralysis. But then they post once a month or once a week. And they're expecting people to buy their shit. And and let's be honest, top of mind awareness is everything. I'm trading attention, right? As Gary Vee says, that's all I'm doing. I'm just trading and buying attention. That's all I want. Just your attention and your eyeballs. And so if I'm not relevant, then they're going to go find someone else who is. And so for me, I'm always putting done is better than perfect. I'm always putting consistency before the perfection, because if I only posted when it looked perfect or when I felt like it, I probably post once every eight weeks. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll be I'll agree with you, right? I, I I just don't. It's a game of, it's a game of of quantity as well. Yes, the quality, but your consumers in front of you, and if you're not speaking to them on a consistent basis, they're gonna go find someone who is. And so, I genuinely love what I do, though. I love mm-hmm. creating. I love creating. I'm not someone who wants to actually be a big CEO or business owner or. I, I mean, I became an entrepreneur because I had to, because I'm super unemployable, but to be honest, my favorite thing in the world is to create Mm -hmm. nothing makes me happier than just creating a really funny or interesting or educational piece of content. I love editing little parts of a video or a podcast. I love being the producer of something. I love being creative. And so that helps me to be consistent because I actually enjoy what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. And when you love what you do, you can actually show up and be consistent. So I think the big issue is a lot of people don't actually enjoy creating content, I just happen to like being a creator, which helps me to be consistent. But yeah, if you're waiting for it to look perfect, I mean, you're going to be waiting forever. Yeah. Perfect is when it's posted is something I say all the time. Like literally perfect is when it's posted. Like that's what I mean. Like we, even when I ran caveman, right? Like remember, you remember these days, but we used to win because Facebook was timeline based. It was linear, right? So we knew if we posted like every hour, right? And then I'll never forget the algorithm change community. Everyone's like, my life is over. My business is over. Facebook stole my thing. I'm like, it's their platform. And everyone's like, it's broken. And I remember after that happened, I went live every day for nine months and I added 110,000 fans organically just by showing up consistently. And like, I, I'll never forget, Angie, some of the videos got like 1,100 views. One got six and a half million. And I was a food blogger. And the six and a half million views when I talked about being bulimic as a food blogger covered in tattoos with an eight pack, right? Like you never really know, but you also don't have a chance if you don't post it. And one of the things that you said 
I have like 17 open loops in my brain right now. We will close them all because I don't. I do too. I okay. do too. <laughs> I, I can tell you have ADD, ADHD too. I'm like, I love it. I love it. I'm with you. you I'm and like, I, oh, we have eight other loops to close. I'm like, you and I are like, this is why we're good at marketing though. Like, I don't think most people understand when we say we obsess about the psychology of marketing. It's because we obsess yeah. about our own psychology and what makes us tick. So we know how to use it in the world. Yes, yes, yes. Like, everyone's like, how did you get so good at marketing? I'm like, I paid for seven figures of therapy and Matt Damon them all for like 25 years, and now I'm really good at marketing. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. Clay Clay will say this. He's like, the reason you're good at marketing is because you're good at humans. Mm-hmm. And that's it, right? I don't, I don't know funnels better than anyone else. I don't know tripwires or how to use a certain CRM system. I don't, I don't have any crazy tactic for you. I just think before I post... And the question I ask myself is, is this going to be helpful for the person that I'm speaking to? Mm-hmm. How would you respond to this? Is it educational? Is it empowering? Is it entertaining? If it's not one of those things, I don't share it. Yep. There's intention behind everything, even when I'm being weird. Yep. And that's, that, that intentionality and that empathy is what makes it actually then convert, that's where a lot of people just don't care or I feel like they either don't care or they care too much where it's perfect, right? You gotta, you gotta kind of be in the middle where like, you care? But not too much. Yeah, and it's like think like this is what I don't understand about some of it. Like marketing's supposed to be messy because we're supposed to meet our customers where they are, not where they're aspiring to be. A lot of times the perfection creates reactance in your ideal customer. Like it makes it almost unattainable and unbelievable. And your offer's amazing and it just won't convert because you're trying to be too fucking perfect. Like literally, yeah. that's it. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. My niche course is one of my best selling courses right now. It's passive. It's digital. It sits there and it makes me money. And what's hilarious about it is I didn't hire a fancy photographer. I didn't make sure it looked super, super professional while all these other women were paying hundred grand to have someone come over and film this fancy schmancy thing. I'm like, you know what? I'm a really good teacher. I know how to teach positioning. Let me get on Zoom. Let me teach this. Mm-hmm. Pour my heart out. Eight hours of content. Let's go. That one course has made me over $350,000 over the last two years. Yeah. And my overhead on it was my Zoom account. Zoom, my Zoom so account. I just want people to know, no, that's not millions of dollars yet. But to be honest, if I wouldn't have just put it out there, it's a good chunk of money that I wouldn't have made because I was waiting for things to look perfect or I was waiting for it to look super professional. And now in 2021, in a few days, people don't want that. People want real value, real connection. They want empathy. And my brand, I would say, is um, beautiful discord. I I learned this term the other day. My book designer, we were on Zoom, and she's like, you know why I like your brand? It's uh, beautiful discord. And I said, what the, what does that mean? What does that even mean? She's like, you know, it's, it's beautifully messy. And I was like, oh, like a hot mess express. Yeah, hot (laughs) mess express. I was like, thanks, lady. Like, that's nice. But I didn't know if she was being, I didn't know if it was a compliment or not. But now I I use that with my my website and my brand team. I'm like, make it look like beautiful discord, which is where it's playful, it's messy, but in the most beautiful, fun way. Because that is me. And that's what I want to share with other women and men is, hey, it doesn't need to look perfect. Your feed doesn't need to look perfect. You in videos doesn't need to look perfect. You just need to show up and be you because Mm -hmm. gone are the days... 2014, 2015, where people wanted to see everything so, so aesthetically perfect. I think we got exhausted from that. Yeah. Well, now there's Instagram accounts dedicated to calling them all out for being fake and inauthentic. And what? <laughs> I need this job. Oh, I'll, I'll send them to you. You will laugh 
like crazy. I can't even I can't even explain some of the things that I see. And so I'm going to close like three loops right now because earlier what you talked about and actually ties it together when we think about humans and marketing, right? Like you said something very early on that I want everybody to remember. And if none of you have read Jonah Berger books, I know she's going to agree with this, but read Contagious, read The Catalyst. Um, but 93% of marketing is word of mouth. And I say this all the time. When was the last time somebody had a negative experience, said something positive about you? And so at the core of it, like when you nail human in marketing, you have to remember that there's only three needs of your consumer, a potential consumer. They need to feel seen, heard, and respected. That's it. And if you can hit one of those buckets, you load their gun with ammunition that the only thing they can say in one of those eight to 10 brand recommendations or referrals is something positive to capitalize on exactly what Angie said. And so I had to close it because it was there and it was driving me nuts. Um, but when you said earlier, like we were talking about posting and I know your book, and by the way, I'm excited for your book. I love that you crowdsource the title ideas. And I was like, I remember I was like texting Clay. I'm like, tell her this one, tell her this one, tell her this one. <laughs> I totally skipped the line. I'm like, I'm special. I'm going to text Clay to tell Angie instead of commenting on social. Um, yeah, yeah. You're like, I'm cooler. I, yeah. I got I got And then what's I funny got... is like, I wouldn't text you though, even though I have your number. I texted Clay because I was like, no, because Clay and I speak marketing too. And I can speak yeah. with both of you. It's fun. Um, but yeah. when I said, when you said earlier, like you said, the timeline doesn't have to be perfect. The feed doesn't have to be perfect. Like consistency. Like I think what's so powerful and you answered it and I wanted to tie it together. As long as there's intent in your content, it's perfect. Like as yeah. long as there's an intent in your content and whether that's a question, whether yeah. it's an authentic story, whether it's something and, and you nailed it earlier and you teach this in your webinars and things like that. But really our job is to trade attention, right? Gary says day trading attention, right? But it's to capture attention. And then once we have it to do something with it. And I, yeah. and I think I would love your thoughts too, because one of the things I talk about with everybody all the time, I said, the worst thing that you can do is get somebody's attention and do nothing with it. Because now you have trained complacency and like placation. And then now every time they see your content, they're like, oh, I'm just supposed to consume it and do nothing. I'm like, always have a call to action, whether it's write it on a sticky note, think about this thing. Our job with that attention is to lead them somewhere. And so I'd love your thoughts on that because I feel like you do this with intent, but just naturally you're always like, hey, do this and go. But like, how do you go about that in your intent? Like, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that's a really good question because it's that dance of enough calls to action. So they are taking action every day, but not too many where you're confusing the customer. Mm -hmm. And I'm very intentional about my promotions and I'm, I'm very intentional when I sell. My thought is this, when you're not selling, you're not selling. Mm -hmm. You're in seasons of, listen, I don't want anything from you. I don't want a dollar from you. There are no strings attached. I'm going to spend the next four to six weeks just entertaining you, bringing you free value. I do that better than a lot of women in my space. And that's why the women trust me because they know I'm not there to sell you every single day on Instagram. Not at all. I don't, I literally don't want a dollar from you, Becky. You know, I don't <laughs> want a dollar, but when I am selling, I sell and I own it and I'm unapologetic about it. And then, so when I am selling unapologetically, it's easier then. And they respond to it really well mm -hmm. because it's coming from an authentic place of, Hey, I'm your friend and I'm your teacher. And now I am asking you for something in return. I am asking you for energy or yes, take action on this thing, buy this product for me, this wellness product, this business product, whatever it may be. But then I'll go into a season again, because business is like everything else in life. It's seasonal, it's cyclical. I'll go into seasons where I'm not selling people at all. And the mistake that I think a lot of influencers and coaches and leaders online make is they are always selling. There's mm -hmm. always a CPA. Buy this, buy this now, buy it now, buy 10 minutes later, buy my mastermind, buy my $50,000 mastermind or else. And, and this slimy scarcity versus genuinely saying, how can I show up and serve today? 
how can I do that for maybe a month or two where I don't ask for anything? And then when I am in a season of selling or a push or a launch season, I am going to sell unapologetically. And that is what makes me feel confident when I sell because I know that what I have is great and they do need it. And I'm very particular about what I am selling them. I'm not just, hey, buy this piece of poop. You know, it's something that I'm actually mm -hmm. obsessed with. It's something I love or I'm affiliating. You know, a lot of my work is being an affiliate marketer. So I have to trust these other products and share it with people. And I'll say no to so many things. I say no to 98% of the pitches or the products or the programs that I'm supposed to be or that people want me to mm -hmm. promote. Because if I was doing all of them all the time, it would dilute my, my page and it would make me look mm -hmm. too salesy. So it really comes down to having seasons to your business. And when you sell, sell, but when you're not, don't. Yeah. And the problem is people are, aren't willing to play the long game. They just want to make a quick buck. And I actually could, I could be making a lot more, a lot faster, but I rather play the long game and know that I have a brand that in 10, 20 years, it's still going to be strong. Mm -hmm. And that's what's more important to me than selling them on some program every single day yeah and i think i there's so many points if you guys haven't read the infinite game by simon it's a really good read to pop into your brain simon sinek um but when you say that what i see when i look at you and i look at your social because you know we've decided that this is a therapy session um what i've seen is that how much is this is this 100 bucks you or? do not want my invoice for this one uh, <laughs> i'll just take some i'll just take some new like cbd gummies at the house when we move Okay, just one gummy, just one it's little just tiny one, gummy. Just one gummy because they're my new jam, as you say in the description. Um, and I have a whole thread to pull on that one. I'm just. I'm literally going to send you some gummies after this. <laughs> I am literally like opening loop after loop after loop that both of us are like, what is he doing right now? The Zygarnik effect is going crazy. Um, but when, <laughs> when, when I look at you and like what you just said, like, you know, I talk a lot about reciprocity and I love hearing it through your lens and perspective because my brain, like, because I used to be an influencer, right? I, I, I realize I still influence people, but I'm not like out my team runs social. And so now I spend more time in like Clay's brain side of the world, right? And helping people. But I, I go back and forth. But like when I look at you and I look at you and your audience and your Instagram, I look at them and I see them as like your family. And you're like, hey, there's times I got to kick my family in the shins a little bit. There's times I got to tell them to put the drink down. There's times I'm going to be like, hey, don't eat that, right? And there's also times that I have to just love them for being there and accept them for where they are and keep them in this container. And I feel like because you're so intentional and so aligned, you intuitively, which is the art of marketing, you intuitively can look at what's there and what's not. And I watch you do this masterfully, but I feel like the way that you do it the only thing that's guaranteed is the success of it. Like there's no way to lose that game. And I think that's what's so admirable. And I try to tell people this, like when you play the game, like you talk about playing the game, consistent, intentional, aligned, authentic, really the only thing you have no control over is the timeline, but the timeline is only affected by those consistent inputs. And so when you say like going through seasons, I think it's one of the best ways to look at it. Cause like I try to have a call to action every time, but it's not by something. It's, Hey, have you thought about this? Like, what about this? Write this sticky note down. Like just really being in it with people. And it's something that you do masterfully. And so like, I just want everybody to hear it. And, and I'm going to pull this thread on authenticity for you. Cause you said this a little while ago and you're like, I don't try to put myself in a box. I go and I do what feels right to me. And I'm going to use your company as an example of this, right? So I literally come in and help companies like CBD, your CBD company, 20X, 50X, 100X, right? 
And then conversion rate optimization is one of them, right? So we're like, what's in the description, how the reviews go? And your CBD gummies, literally, the description says, your new jam. That's it. Like, literally, that's the copy that you get. And I think it is one of the best things ever. And I love it for all the reasons. And it says so much more than copywriting and sales tactics and everything because it's humorous. It's short. It's brief. It speaks to the personality. It's inviting. It's enticing. It's congruent. And I love it. And so like when you think about this, because for those of you not know, like Angie, influencer all day, podcast host, but also owns a CBD company that is a physical product CPG brand with her brother. And so it's really interesting to watch you, but like, how do you take all of this stuff and apply it over to that side? Oh man. First of all, we need a marketing show together. You're, you're a little genius over there. (laughs) (laughs) You know, what's funny is you said that. You said that to me when you came to the event and you're like, I don't know you, but I feel like we should know each other. I know. I was like, man, the way, the way that you're able to synthesize things is, is, is really beautiful. And I've, it's very rare that I meet other people who have what I call the marketing goggles on, which means, or contact lenses, we should say, when you have them on, you never take them off. Every single billboard, every single piece of content you see, you see it through the lens of, ooh, how are they trying to speak to the customer there? And do they get marketing or do they not? And you can immediately open a box or go to a website and you're like, they get it or they don't get it. And most people don't, which is why we do what we do is to really Mm -hmm. help them to to see a little clearer and Mm -hmm. see the world in a different perspective. But with soul, yeah, it's, it's different having a physical product. A lot of my offers prior to that were all digital or live events. And so it was new to bring in a DTC brand and Mike does a lot of the heavy lifting. He's the CEO of the company. I have to give him all of the props for that. And we have an awesome marketing team, but I was really strong about putting the consumer first, having that empathy and adding some humor. I mean, I'm super weird, so I'd love to make the brand even more weird. <laughs> if it was <laughs> if it was all up to me, it would be the weirdest copy ever. Um, but we have to keep it somewhat appropriate for Facebook ads and stuff. But I'm a huge fan of quirkiness. I'm a huge fan of, like you said, using the language of the customer, singing their lyrics. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why, and Pat Flynn talks about this on an mm-hmm. episode I did with him. He said, um, there's a reason why the Backstreet Boys or NSYNC got all of these women or the believers, Justin Bieber's fans, which I'm a believer, believer. I'll be, I'll be a believer. I'm a believer. I'm a believer. Um, there's a reason why they got all of these girls, millions of girls around the world to say, oh my God, you get me. Oh my God. How did you know that's what a heartbreak feels like at 11 years old? Because they didn't use the language of a 40 year old man going through a breakup. They used the language of an 11 year old girl going through a breakup. What does she say? And that's how you should apply it to your marketing. So I don't use the language that I would always use. I step into her shoes and into her brain and I say, how does she explain this pain? How does she explain what she wants? And I'm pretty obsessed with, I mean, I didn't realize this wasn't something other people did in marketing until <laughs> I I got feedback from other marketers that were like, oh, wow, that's, that's, that's intense that you do this. But for many years, I would take every single response when I would ask a question, how, how does this make you feel? How, do, um, how would you explain this pain point? And I would take all of the responses and we would put it into a word doc and it would be, and the word doc was called words of my customer. And gosh, now with the polls feature on Instagram and all these other social platforms, I'm creating dialogue every day. I know what she's saying. I know what she's thinking. I know what she thinks is funny. I know what she's struggling with. And so I take that language, I put it into Mm -hmm. just basic word docs or I have a notepad on my phone and I have years worth of content. I have titles of emails that I know they're going to open. I have titles of podcasts and women will say to me, how did you know that's what I was thinking? Mm -hmm. How did you know that's how I feel? Or you've probably got this. Mm -hmm. 
you're in my brain. It's freaking me out. And I'll say, oh, it's because I actually listen to you. And I think a lot of marketers don't have this symbiotic relationship with their audience. They just speak to them, not with them. Mm -hmm. And I speak with my community, which creates this really strong connection and creates these lifers or these believers. (laughs) And then they feel this this intimacy and this strong connective tissue because I actually do listen and I do care. Again, going back to empathy. So it really comes down to what does she want? What does she need? Can I listen more than I talk as a marketer, which then creates more epic and shareable and and hopefully viral content. And it's a win-win situation. So yeah, I think a lot of marketers don't listen and they don't care. And-, well, and, and, and I think it's such a valid point, but I'm going to say something that you didn't say. Notice how she didn't say that she's a 35-year-old mom that drives a minivan because nobody gives a shit. Thank you. I'll just say it. Wait, what do you mean? <laughs> I can't see another fucking person talk about avatars and be like, what kind of car do they drive and how much oh, money yeah. they make? I'm like, how can we get into like what they're feeling and like what's not working in their life? Because I'm pretty sure I haven't had somebody call me and be like, hey, George, will you help me buy this whey protein because I drive a silver minivan? Like, yeah. I don't care. And yeah. I have a yeah, doc- you mean like psychographics versus yes, demographics. A thousand percent. Well, I watch people teach demographics as avatars and I'm like, no. I was yeah, like, yeah. no. What's your favorite color? I'm like, I don't care. I, I'm like pink. That's why I'm like, I'm like literally like we're like brother and sisters because like everything I do is black and white lighthouse and I wear pink shoes 24-7, right? Like pink shoes. I wore them at the event when I met you. Like I'm the pink shoe. I'm the guy that covered in tattoos, drops F-bombs, teaches you to love your customer while wearing pink shoes. I, I love it. It's unique. It's different. It's awesome. Um, you actually said a, a few things that were extremely validating, but I think are worth really unpacking. And there's one that I think you understand that I don't talk a lot to people about, but you do this and I know you know you do this. But I think a lot of marketers can't listen to their customers because you can't hear things that you're out of alignment with first. And so when you're out of alignment and you're posting out of alignment, it's called manipulation, not leadership and not movement because it's, I'm doing this to get this. And there's no company. And I mean this, I've been behind the scenes. I've helped create unicorns. Like there is none that can get to that level through manipulation. It all has to be like authentic. And so it's hard to hear when you're doing that. So this goes back to your authenticity and alignment, but you said something where you're like, I'm creating dialogue every day and I'm documenting and I love it. And I teach this. I, our documents are called good words and bad words. And so we, we synthesize them down. And so then when I hire someone, I'm like, these are all the things you can say. These are all the things you can't say. These are all the things they say. These are the things I don't want you to say because I don't like the responses we get from them. Right? Like keep them, keep them here. But you said you create dialogue and I think you do this naturally and also just through your marketing brain. But one of the things I help a lot of people with is listening by not what they say in dialogue, by paying attention. So like listening through the goggles of like watching what they interact with and what they don't, what they click on and what they don't. And so like when I look at your Instagram and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I know when you write a post, you're writing that post and you're like, I know that this post is not going to get a lot of comments, but it's giving this woman a permission slip for a couple posts down the road to feel safe enough to comment. Yes, yes, yes. I have going back to intention, there's always intentionality behind the piece of content. And sometimes it is for shareability. Sometimes it is for them to save it. Sometimes it's for them to take action, the CTA, the call to action. And sometimes it's, I, I have three different types of content that I create teacher, thought leader, and friend, and I rotate those three. And so the intention is just pure connection. Hey, I'm here. I'm with you. I'm just like you. I'm relatable. I'm literally 
the girl next door who's your friend, I'm here to help you out. I have ones that are more so thought provoking and they're more leadership and hey, I'm going to help you through this thing. I'm a few steps ahead of you. And then I have ones that are purely educational. Let me show you that I'm a teacher. Let me educate you. And so when I cycle those, there there's this organic trust that starts to happen because I'm not just doing one of them. And that's where I think a lot of people on social get pigeonholed is when they're trying to be just one of them versus showing that I'm all of those things. I don't just want to be her teacher. I want to show that I'm also her friend and I have that honesty. So yeah, you're right. When I, when I post, there's different intentions behind it, but there always is an intention Mm -hmm. now, especially now that I'm in, it's interesting. You go in phases. A lot of this was intentional and then it's organic and intuitive. And now it's kind of a blend of it's organic, it's intuitive. And then I'll go in phases where I'm being a little bit more intentional. So depends what season I'm in, you know, if I'm in more of a growth stage or I'm in more of a nurturing stage right now, I want to be in another growth stage right now. I want to be in a growth stage before the book comes out. And then I'll go back into more of a a nurturing stage. As you can tell, everything's really cyclical and intuitive in my business. And maybe that's a very feminine way to run. And and this is where women do really well in marketing. I think have a superpower. And I think if men can tap into that more, that's awesome because this is where the feminine energy just works so well in marketing because you are so intuitive with the customer and you're dancing with them versus a lot of men in marketing don't think like you. They're very just like, hopefully the ROI on this is amazing. It's not, we suck. Or, or what are the numbers? What are the numbers? And they're staring at the back end of their, their account, looking at the, uh, the open rate versus looking at the copy and saying, Oh, did this actually speak to them? And what's the emotional piece of this? And this is where, again, I tell women, I go, listen, you have an advantage in marketing. This is why women are great saleswomen. This is our salespeople. This is why women do great network marketing. I think this is why women are dominating in social media right now is because they're able to do that. And men yeah. who do stand out like you, who can tap into that, that mm-hmm. heart, heart, heart based, heart based marketing. So. Yeah. It's, it's, it's such a, and I love the analogy of the masculine and feminine. And here's why, like, cause I obviously do this work with Stephanos and you know, Stephanos and Christine really well. So we're about to just change the entire wrapping paper and language of this conversation to get to the same point. Right. But what I, what I think is like, when you look at business, Business structure is masculine because the masculine energy is the master of time and space. But when you have a solid space, the feminine lives in the most amazing way because it can be reckless in a container. And so what you say and what makes your socials, you're like, I'm going to be either, you know, the teacher, you know, the boom, the entertainer, the friend, or, you know, if you're using marketing language from Jonah Berg or tumor, credibility, controversy, education, or social status, right? It's one of those five. But if you know, like, I'm going to be consistent and I'm going to be one of those things, then you have a container that's tight and you can go be your authentic self in the middle of it. And no matter what, it's moving somebody closer and closer and closer to your business or to your brand. Yeah, I I honestly think I don't have a left brain. I I, I went to the Amen Clinic. I got my brain mm-hmm, scanned. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I bet you they're going to tell me that my left brain just doesn't. I, I just... I really, I joke with Clay all the time. I'm like, I don't have a lot of that rigid masculine energy in business. I'm not obsessed with the analytics. I'm not obsessed with the numbers. I I actually need to work on that a little bit more to have a little bit more awareness around the numbers and the data. But I also see the advantage of me focusing more so on the feminine aspects of business mm-hmm. because that's worked so well. So at the end of the day, like everything else, like like everything else, I believe it's a balance. You need you need a little bit of both, or you need to hire out what 
you're not good at. So honestly, I think I would do so great in a position where I had a male CEO yeah. who could come in and do all that for me while I just go and be be me, who is just fluid and flowy and intuitive and heart-based and empathetic. And I'm all of those things because I don't want to look at the numbers. I don't give a shit. I just so want to create. You, just, just so you know, I don't have access to the bank account. I don't <laughs> Wait, have who does? My, my wife and Tyler okay my wife does all of it i don't have access to bank account i don't have access to the analytics i don't have access to the ad accounts i am told go be you and then i'm given like the hundred thousand foot view because if you tell me a number i'll be like oh my god i failed like it didn't work and i was like i want the people and so i've learned like my qbr's mike mccallitz calls it my queen bee role is people right and so i protect everything else that stops me from being with people and I know my strengths. And so in the way that I do business and marketing, it's very feminine, but because of my military background, I, I know structure. And so what I do is I just put a minimal amount of structure in and then I can be myself in it. Right. Like I'll go do you, you and I would probably do like a nine hour podcast and not even take a pee break. Like legitimately. I would just pee my pants. Yeah, I, I, you would, you would. And then you would Instagram story about it the next day and you'd be like, <laughs> And this, the cool kids pee their pants like Billy Madison. See, like when we get into marketing. Um, I love it. No, it's, it's so true because it's, it's this, and this has always been my battle is how much do you want to know? Because if you're riding the roller coaster of the numbers, oh my gosh, I just lost 10. I just gained 11. Mm-hmm. My opt-in rate or my, my open rate to that email wasn't as strong. If you're constantly riding the ups and downs and you're not staying even keel, mm-hmm emotionally, you're going to be a wreck as a marketer. So it is really, really smart to actually not look at it every single day. I tell women when they're new, I'm like, put your blinders on, get get your niche nailed down, get passionate, know who you're speaking to and just go and be a machine and look down and don't look up for another year or two. Yep. And then start looking at, at maybe your performance or assessing things. But yep. if you do it in the beginning or at certain places in your career, it's, it can really, it's, oh, it's det- it can be detrimental. Like I, I remember, yeah, you know, I remember, I remember there was like weeks I'm like, oh, I'm down and I would make an adjustment based on the down, which would cause an undesirable permanent result based on that emotional decision. And so like I've had to work on – I'm like – it sounds like I read a lot. I didn't start reading for like three years ago, but I probably recommended like 20 fucking books already. Yeah, I love it. Um, Scott Carney is who taught me this, right? Because I do cold therapy. You do cold therapy, right? And it's probably one of my biggest secret weapons as an entrepreneur because it teaches me to pause and hold rather than react. And ah, wow. so what, what ends up happening is with cold therapy, I was able to be in discomfort because Angie will tell you it never gets easier ever. It still yeah. hurts the same for the first 60 seconds or 90 seconds. Yeah. Right. But what you end up getting really good at is training your autonomic nervous system to hold when it wants to knee jerk. And yep. so Scott Carney wrote a book called the wedge and I feel like it's an entrepreneur's secret weapon and it's training like, Oh, the numbers down or this didn't go well. And instead of doing anything, just pausing, yeah, letting it come. But then like I put it in my calendar for 48 hours later. Wow. And so like yeah. I, I set a date with it, right? I'm like, okay, yeah. got it. I see you. I hear you. I feel you. We have a date in two days, but I got to process this out and be yeah. on the ride and 99% of the time I just delete it from my calendar because it handles itself. It's cleared. It didn't, it didn't go. And I'm like, Oh, I was just about to close the business or launch a seventh Instagram account this week or shut off that ad campaign. That was the best thing that we've ever done. Right. Yes, yes, yes. And that impulsivity is a superpower. And then also 
a weakness and you're inspiring me to get back into cold therapy. It's been a few <laughs> weeks because it's cold now. So it's I don't want to go do it. You yeah, know? but it I makes don't... it easier because the water ends up being more comfortable than the air. Oh, okay. I like okay. I like doing ice baths better when it's cold out because there's less of a contrast. Oh. And so it doesn't feel like that. I'm going from 85 to 40. I'm going from 42 to 40 and the water feels good. Oh, I like this. I like this mind shift here. Yeah, but... it's all about perspective. Come on. You're like personal development, NLP, queen of everything. We just don't put it in labels. But I'm I, also it, like the comfort queen sometimes. I know like, you are. It doesn't feel good. I'm not doing it. <laughs> well, and I, you know what? You are, but you aren't though because like I look at you and like I was going to ask you this earlier because I think this is really, really powerful. Like I look at your level of consistency and it makes me uncomfortable for all the right reasons, right? Like People tell me that. It's interesting. Yeah, yeah and and – you know, I think you're so clear and so aligned, right? What it does, like for me, it challenges my greatness. Like it challenges my commitment to my own sovereignty because I'm like, Oh, I love that. I say what I want, right? It's like, Hey, I want to run a marathon. And you're like, Oh, great. Why aren't your running shoes on? And I'm like, well, cause I want, and right. And this actually kind of leads me into your book. Cause I love your book ready yeah. is a lie. And it's like for years, yeah. consistency for me represented proving that core wound wrong, right? The reason I became an entrepreneur, yeah. right? Because like if I'm consistent, it's measurable. And if it's measurable, it's guaranteed to succeed. And if I show up, like eventually you're going to finish the race. Yeah. You just might not look yeah. at it. But your consistency yeah. is admirable and I love it. And so I wanted to ask you though, when you look at how you show up every day, like do you have any challenges in showing up that consistently? And then how do you like prep for it? Cause like, it feels like you spend, and I know you don't, but it feels like you spend 12 hours there on Instagram. Yeah. Interesting. You know, I didn't know I was insanely consistent mm. until other people told me I was consistent. <laughs> oh yeah. And then I realized that I was more consistent than everyone else. I think for me, again, going back to one, I love creating. So it comes very natural to me. There's not a huge resistance, but yeah, I, I definitely have times where I don't want to create, you know, now I'm in, in some resistance, even with the podcast, like I don't want to do it a certain way or certain days. And there's always going to be blocks when you're a creative because there's almost too many ideas and then executing them. And yeah, it's, it's, it's always, a, it's always a battle. Right. Mm -hmm. And this is where, you know, I love, love Seth Godin. I love the resistance. I love, Stephen Pressfield's work around this and ready is a lie is a lot about the resistance. Literally. How do you get through that as a creative when you know, you want to express something, but you're feeling these blocks around how to get it done or how to say it, or what are they going to think? And the resistance can come up as imposter syndrome. It can come up as comparisonitis. I deal with that a lot. It can mm -hmm. come up as judgment, fear of what are they going to say? What's my uncle Ted going to say, <laughs> or it could just be, I'm tired. I don't feel like it. And then is it really me tired and uninspired or is it just, I'm being lazy. And so I, I, I don't think there's any creative who would say that they don't wake up, whether they're an artist, whether they're a musician, whether they're a podcaster, whether they're creating social content influencer, whatever it is they do, they're lying. If they say it's not a battle of, mm -hmm. of, of showing up every single day, but I think insert Will Smith's treadmill quote here. I, I think I've always known, you know, I'm not the smartest person in the room, but I'm going to run on the treadmill longer than you like that. Mm -hmm. That's just who I am. I'm going to do it longer. And so when I came into this industry, I realized the way that I was going to win is by showing up more and being more authentic than any other woman in my space. And this isn't to say it's competition, but that's how I knew I, I at least was going to be mm -hmm. 
successful in this space because I was going to show up more and I was going to show up more of myself than anyone that I know. And that was the commitment that I made. And now that I've built it, I have some more flexibility and whatnot, but, um, yeah, this is, this is really what the book is about. It's, it's a, it's think daily stoic, like Ryan mm-hmm. holiday mm-hmm. me tongue and cheeky, take action, get over your BS fears, get out of your own way. And that was my vision with the book is after interviewing successful people, and I'm sure you're going to agree on this after mm-hmm. meeting them, interviewing them, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, what's the secret to success? You know, like, yeah, <laughs> so easy. I want to puke in a bowl, right? I'm like, Ugh. Um, I realized after meeting them or, or working with them, whatever, I realized the one thing they all said is, I had no idea what I was doing. I wasn't ready, but, and then fill in the blank, their entire story and all their success. And I was like, oh, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. So then of course, that's where I was in the car one day with Clay. And I was like, you know, my book, if I had to write one, it's going to be about this concept of perfectionism and the paralysis as a creator or as an ambitious person, getting through that block and taking action because I'm so good at it. And I want to teach other people, how have I done that? Or how do I get through these, these blocks? And he was like, yeah, it's almost like readiness, you know? And I'm like, yeah, it's like, if, if, you know, it's like such a lie that you got to just be ready to take action. And then he was like, ready is lie. And I was like, oh my God. I, I could envision that happening because he gets so excited when oh. he hits it. He probably yeah. wanted to like pull the car over. And then his brain was like, this is what we're going to do. This is what the book's going to yeah. look like. This is how we're going to market it. Here's the hook. Here's the sub headline. Oh yeah. Listen, the subtitle, I love this. We're giving it behind the scenes to everyone listening. The subtitle I worked on for almost four months now because I wanted to make sure it was in the exact language of the woman. So when you guys see it, you're going to realize it was extremely intentional. It wasn't, oh, this would sound cute. It's how does she explain what ready is a lie means? So then I, I pulled and I did a lot of crowdfunding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't even know it's called crowdfunding. I'm just asking crowdsourcing, the crowd, you know? crowdsourcing, crowdsourcing. Yeah. I didn't ask them for money, but I'm, I'm doing a lot of crowdsourcing to get to that exact language because my vision is when that girl picks it up, who it's meant for, or man says, wow, this is exactly what I need. This is exactly how I feel right now. I'm so afraid to take action because I'm so in my head about it needing to look perfect. So I don't show up. I don't make the sales call. I don't ask for the raise. I don't leave my nine to five job and try to do the the crazy thing or start the side hustle. This is why I'm not showing up on social and putting myself out there, sharing my story. I mean, this book isn't just for entrepreneurs. It's for anybody who's in a situation where they want to leave good for great and they want to leave comfortable. And that is the vision of the book and we're, we're almost done writing. I have a writer who's supporting me in the process and it's, it's been really cool because it's, and you'll agree on this too, George. It's like, I meet girls who are one week into their online business or network marketers who need this. And I meet mm-hmm. men who are in their late forties who are super successful and say, yeah, I still struggle with this. Mm-hmm. I still struggle with perfectionism and mm-hmm. the fear of showing up and thinking that it needs to look perfect or I need to be ready. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that, yeah. that, that's, what's cool about it is it's almost like the, the topic is very niche, but who it's going to speak to isn't, which I kind of mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love, I love it. I commented on almost all of those. I was like, subtitle this, subtitle this, subtitle this. I was like, yes, yes, yes. But I think what you – so a couple things I want to agree with. Number one I'll have is, to show you the cover and get your feedback. Oh, I'd love it. Text it to me. Um, one of the things that I love that you said, like we both known this. Like we've been behind the scenes successful. We've had our own downs. But like really like I – everybody I talk to, everybody I interview, all my mentors, all my – everything. It's consistency and alone time. That's it. Those are the two secrets. Consistency mm, alone and alone time. time. 
Yeah, like you do this, right? But you do it not on Instagram, but like to get a line, to check in with yourself, to, yeah. you know, cold therapy, to have some sort of practice, right? Yeah. Like you reference Ryan or anything, some sort of practice where you are getting an alignment with yourself, right? And, you know, I was talking to somebody earlier, and I'm like, my success, most of my success has come by not allowing somebody else to dictate what I do with my time. And so during this whole crazy time of the year, like I lost over seven figures in 45 days. I lost a company. I lost a mastermind. Like we got hammered, hammered. And every part of me was like, what am I good at? Well, I'm good at marketing and selling. Let's go. And I was like, no, no. So I changed my practice and I started having a three hour morning silence practice alone. And it took me like 30 days. And on the back end of it, I was like, I'm going to launch a podcast. I'm going to go do something that's not going to make me any flipping money. Uh, but it's aligned to what I want to do. And that's what I'm going to do. And it's crazy because I held in some of the craziest resistance we're building out of it now and we're, we're fine. But I literally was like, I never would have been able to do that. If I was looking at the business, the numbers, reading social, I really needed that time to like process and plug into myself. And so what you said, and, and I longly summarize what you say, because I like talking too just so everybody knows why I'm talking to Angie's not on a podcast I'm interviewing Angie about when you say, I love it. You're bringing value. (laughs) When when you say ready is a lie though. And like the different levels, what I've learned about this is that the only difference in the, in the, the starting line is that the race ahead looks a little bit longer at higher levels. And so I feel like the resistance increases because the game is getting longer. And so like I felt in the beginning, it's like I didn't have much to lose. Like if I make a mistake, like I don't have an entire team or a family or boom, I was like, oh, boom, boom, boom. But like now when I get six figures, then seven figures, then eight figures, I'm like, oh, me starting has so many implications that the pressure is there. And so I feel like it's always personally going to be ready is a lie. But what I just need to be aware of is that the field that I'm playing on is a lot bigger. And so because of that, it's okay to bake in that moment or have that time to process it. And so I wanted to validate what you said because, you know, like I was just with a client, they're worth 550 million. I just spent four days in their business with them and it comes up for him more than it comes up for me. And I mean, like probably 70% of that time was spent on personal development mindset and like helping him realize like, Hey, do you know, like you never have to work again, but he's like, Oh, cause it doesn't go away. It doesn't go away. So I just wanted to validate that when you said that. Wow. That's, that's so powerful because I know the woman or man listening is thinking, well, don't you hit a certain level of success and it goes away, but it doesn't, if anything, it gets heavier because your expectations are heavier and your, your. That's why, that's why we preach like Stephanos and I preach practice so much. Like we, we did a podcast and it's not released yet. So nobody can hear it, but we were like having this conversation of like, what is really the finish line? Like if we had to pick a finish line, right? Because ready is a lie is about not moving the starting line, right? But then we're running this race. We talk about the infinite game and the long game, but what's the finish line? Like, what is it? And we both looked at each other and we're like, awareness is the finish line. That's it. It's just awareness because no matter what level we reach, like you're never going to hit a point in soul CBD, whether we hit a hundred million or a billion, you're like, Oh, that's it. No, you're always going to want to keep going in your personal brand, in your life and philanthropy and charity and empowering women in events. And so like the finish line doesn't exist. It's awareness of it. So you have some sort of measure or you're aware of what it was that gets you going. 
Yeah, this is so good. I'm like, holy shit, we're going to have to bring you on my show to talk about this because this is this is deep, right? And this is totally. where entrepreneurship is. Entrepreneurship really is just a game of self-awareness after a few years. You're like, what the heck? Well, and there's <laughs> this correlation. I watch you do it, right? Like I watch you and like send- – and I've known Clay a lot longer than I've known – like Clay was there the day my career started, which is really funny. That's a whole different Aww. story. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, crazy. I love him to pieces. Yeah. Um, For me, I think it's almost like – for me, especially as a woman who wants to have a family and kids and be able to quote unquote do it all, I think for me, I've been thinking about that a lot lately is what what will success look mm-hmm. like for me in five years or what is the finish line? And for me, it's, I want another word other than balance because balance sounds harmony. so cheap. Harmony. Yeah, it's harmony. It's knowing, okay, I can somewhat do it all. Not saying I don't have help or not saying I don't have seasons, but I want to be able to show other women, hey, I'm a mom and I'm a mom and a, a wife first, but I'm also someone who writes books and I have a cool community and I have an awesome job. And I want to show that because I don't know a lot of women who are doing that and doing both well. And so, and when they do, they do admit they have help, but then the ones who on Instagram make it look like they're doing it all act like they don't have and there's any help. seven or... nannies behind the scenes. Yeah, right? yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. So I think for me, that's, that's recently what's been coming through is what, what is, what is success and, and know what it, know what you want. So then I can work towards that mm-hmm. versus what another woman wants and Instagram can really be a dangerous place for that comparison. I just have, Oh, well I need her life, but no, what is actually going to make me happy? It's not yeah. necessarily a certain number in my bank account. It's knowing that I have my priorities straight yep. because entrepreneurship can eat you alive. And the fact that we're and the fact that it can just consume you and become your identity. And I don't, I don't want that, even yeah. though it already has in a sense, I, I want to be and do more than that in life. Yeah, I was I was going to say this to you earlier, and I'm totally interrupting you. Not sorry. Um, No, go for it. I was going to say this to you earlier because you know it was actually about harmony. And what I love about you is that you know I I had a teacher a long time ago who said balance is the way to set yourself up to fail because if you fall out of it, it implies you crash. And he's like, but if you look at music and you take the notes out, it sounds horrible. But when you put them together, it creates a symphony. And he's like, that's harmony. And what I love about you is you're like, hey, this is – you're crystal clear on why you do what you do, what you do, and how you do it. And that's your container. So I call that your Truman Show, right? That's your world. And so if that's your structure, you can be harmonious any way that you want. You can go low. You can go high. You can pause. You cannot because you have it in a container. And it's something that like I, – I use you – and I'm not saying this to – I am saying this to flatter you. I'll just be really frank about it. I go to the companies all the time. Like I was just with a $10 million company last week, a $30 million company the week before and like helping them, you know, 10X, 20X their business. And they're always like, what kind of influence should I look for? What should my profile look? I'm like, Angie, 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 Angie. Oh, that's so nice. But when I have people like, I'm afraid to be myself and I'm like, poop, baby grandma, look at those fucking Crocs. Like, are you kidding me? Like go, right? And and it's it's really really powerful but like you do so much so well in harmony it's beautiful it's beautiful to witness and i know now you know it's effortless cuz you're aligned and and what it is but the one thing earlier that i want to say for 10 seconds is when you said like i feel like it's levels of self awareness literally as we scale up this game right if you use the hero's journey analogy right you slay the dragon you come back teach it the dragon just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And so like what I have learned is that like as I've grown in business, my results come gradually by spending less and less time in the business and more and more time on myself. 
And so there's like this correlation of like, as income starts to go up by time in the business goes down, but my time in like self-reflection, self-awareness, I'm in more therapy now than I was when I wasn't working. Right. Like, <laughs> and so <laughs> like this session right now, <laughs> totally. And so I just, I think it's something that you nail. And, and I just like for anybody listening to this, watching this, like go check her out on her website at Angie Lee, but go to her Instagram. I'm, I'm telling you right now, I could literally have a bowl of popcorn and a bottle of Camus and just go. And I do sometimes like this morning before we jumped on, I, I was dying. Cause I was like, Clay's sleeping in the other room and they're dancing around the Christmas tree. I'm yeah. like, that's totally, I mean, you know, you know, my dream job is just to be a comedian. I mean, honestly being real, real with you. So it's, mm-hmm. it's funny when you say that because that makes me so happy. It's one thing to help people make money. It's cool, whatever. I'll always do it. It's it's a, it, it's great, right? I mean, mm-hmm. money brings freedom, abundance, all these great things, optionality, but nothing is cooler than when somebody tells me, I watch your content and it makes me smile or it makes me laugh or I'm in I, I'm dealing with depression right now and you brought me joy. Like mm-hmm. I I really think my greatest gift is bringing people joy. And so that makes me so happy. Thousand that makes percent. me happier than anything. <laughs> hands down, hands down. Like it's what it like, and literally, like I spit out my like. I thought, right? Like I get when Clay gets it. Like Clay's helped me write keynotes before, right? So I know when he gets into something. But when he put the fucking sourdough next to your bed, on your nightstand, I lost it. I was like, I'm done. I can't. I like. I need to text him. Like, are we okay? He's obsessed. <laughs> he literally was like, Hey, this has got to go in the bedroom. I'm like, Why? He's like, well, I got to set the timer and I started it late. And I'm like, no, we do not have a sourdough next to our bed. (laughs) Is this our kid or is this our, like, what is going on here? This Um, is crazy. It's all right. It's that, it's that feminine nurturing spirit in him. That's going to make him an amazing father. Cause it's amazing. You guys just, you guys make my heart so happy. uh, He's an angel. So, so many, so many reasons. So I want to be, I want to be respectful of your time. I want to rapid fire, like a couple questions to you though. Oh, let's go. This was so good. Honestly, oh. one of my favorite conversations on marketing ever. Woo. Oh man, we got to do round two on your podcast. So, cause I'm ready let's to go, go the other way. I'm like, <laughs> you stick a quarter in me or a bottle of wine and you will get everything people pay me for. Like either yes. way, you're going to get it. <laughs> I might, I told my, you know, it's funny. You said this about moms. I literally, for whatever reason, in the last month have had three women join my mastermind and all their babies are less than a week old. And I was like, you're rock stars. Can I learn from you? Right. I'm like, cause the last thing I did when my son was born, like, let me go jump into a mastermind. I was like, give yeah. me f- help. I need sleep. Um, and now, give he, me help. now, now he's four and I scream, give me help more than anything. But, um, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you, you said that and I'm just like, I envisioned, I like future casted with my marketing goggles as you call them or contact lenses. I was like, I already know exactly what your Instagram is going to look like when you're a mom and it's going to be the best shit ever. And I can't, oh, it's gonna be hilarious. I can't wait for the maternal brand with the CBD for lactate lactation cookies are coming guaranteed. And they're going to be like baby grandma logos on top of them. Like legitimately <laughs> lactation cookies. I know they're coming. <laughs> literally first december 30th no nostradamus me right now like i can see your path from like a mile away it's so Honestly, awesome i'm so excited because i'm just gonna show like the i'm gonna be the the antithesis of the the fancy mom bloggers i'm gonna be like the shit show mom blogger who's like just crazy and weird and yep. my kids do not have matching socks because who the hell has time for that and my said my kids don't my four-year-old doesn't wear pants anymore so like 
legitimately, hold on. Like nobody's going to see this but you, but like I literally have to show this to you because last night that was my son on top of the refrigerator with his iPad and no pants on. Is this junk hanging out? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, you can't see it in the picture because I covered it with his kneecap. But, yes, that was my four-year-old saying, Daddy, I want to watch my iPad on top of the refrigerator with no pants on. And so what did Daddy say? Okay. And I put him up there. Yeah. It's like, you know what? You're four years old. Go live your best And then life. I posted on Instagram or on Facebook. I was like, this is one of my wisest teachers. My goal for 2021 is to be so happy I sit on top of my refrigerator with no pants on with an iPad. Like, game over. <laughs> game over. Oh my God, Angie. Oh my gosh, I can't, I can't. I have women who are like, I'm going to send you uh, baby grandma onesies for your baby. I'm like, these women are already planning it for me. Oh I'm yeah. Like, this, is so funny. this is what happens when you're good. So here's a rapid fire question. Okay. What book are you reading right now? Ooh, Ooh, this is good. I have a few. Um, I'm actually reading Dr. Daniel Amen's mm. ADD book right now because I just got tested. I got confirmed and I'm interviewing him soon. So I am, Smart I'm guy. all in. More brain scans than anybody. Yeah. Wait, awesome. you've gone, you've gone there? I know, I know him because I had really bad TBI and Jim called him for me because I used to, I was, I attempted suicide because all my brain injuries. And uh, so, yeah, yeah I, I ended up going through stem cells. I ended up doing a lot of plant medicine, a whole yeah. lot of everything you can imagine. And now I'm like peachy or hunky dory and i say that my brain injury made me good at marketing so i don't want to really fix it anymore yeah but, it was a fascinating experience i'm bringing him on next month and i'm so excited because i'm like you know fangirling over yeah, him so that's so awesome okay so his book what else are you reading oh gosh what else am i reading right now i'm listening to you on my uh my audible clay always gives me like crazy shit i'm, uh -huh. I'm starting the, the resistance because yeah. he was like angie you don't know it, but you're obsessed with this this concept that this guy already wrote about. I'm like, no. Uh, so the resistance. I'll probably start Seth's new book um, mm -hmm. really soon. Gosh, I don't know what else should I. I was just thinking that today in my walk. I was like, I need some. Have new you stuff. have you read The Catalyst by Jonah Berger? No. You are gonna lose your shit. Okay. It's how to change people's minds, and it goes through the stages of reactance, endowments, time, distance. I wrote I wrote this on my sticky note. <laughs> but in our language. It's in our language, not in, like, academia language. Like, it's in story and in people. You'll love it. It's hands down my number one book recommendation. Okay, I'm going to have you text me this after. I'm going to listen to Audible. I will. Mm -hmm. um, best, best business book you've ever read? This is marketing. Yep. I Seth, mean, Seth, got it. Seth is... Seth, I mean, we didn't even get into permission marketing today, but a lot of what we talked about essentially yep. was permission marketing. And every time I go back to that, I'm like, okay, this is the way it should be. This is the way it should be done. All right. Mm -hmm. This is the way I should do it. Don't look at what other people are doing. Do it this way. Cause this is, this is the way to win in the yep. long game. Yep. Favorite food. If you can only eat one meal for the rest of your life, what would it be? Healthy or unhealthy? I, I want whatever you have to commit to eating this for the rest of your life. You better make it fun. If I can only eat one thing for the rest of my life, it's going to be unhealthy. So I just die sooner, like, and enjoy the process. Pizza or peanut butter? What I mean, kind of pizza? Butter. Just peanut butter. Okay. So then I'm going to go one step deeper. What is the weirdest thing that you've ever eaten peanut butter with? Oh, I did. I, I mean, I, I stay away from it because if I had it in the house, I would eat like 10 jars. But when I do eat it, I dip it. I dip like chicken and turkey yeah. and chicken. Butter. No, I was waiting. My favorite thing is chicken and almond butter chicken and almond yeah. butter it's so good it's so good <laughs> i'm not alone in the world chicken and alone. almond butter <laughs> i love you chicken and almond butter i have to write that in the intro 
I can't even do an intro in the intro because the way I freestyled your intro was one of my favorite ones so far. Oh my God. Wait, did you even have that prepped or no? No, no, that was off the top. Oh, that's even, wow. Yeah, so my team calls me the copy rapper. Their favorite thing is like events. They'll be like, well, I can't figure out how to write this. So they'll throw me a couple words and I'll just copy wrap it. Like I can't write like type type. But like most of my clients, like I spit copy for like emails and social. It's like my favorite thing in the world. Wow, that's actually great because you could just voice it or yep. for a job like this, like yeah. having that advantage in podcasting is is everything. That's awesome. Somebody actually asked me this morning. They're like, how'd you get so good at this? I was like, I talked when everybody told me not to. And I just kept talking and kept talking and kept talking and kept talking. I was like... I don't know, 30 years of practice of annoying people and my wife telling me our marriage is successful because I talk so much at work. Like that's... Oh my God, that's so funny. I love it. Yeah, I love it. Okay, cool. So everybody, I'm going to be respectful of your time. We're going to end. Um, everybody, make sure you go check out Angie's website, angielee.com. And I'm going to tell you right now, here's your call to action. Go follow her on Instagram and buy the book. Ready is a lie. You have to do yep. it. You have to do it. You have to do it. Ready yeah. is a lie, angielee.com. I do have one final question for you though. Ooh! I'm ready. It's my favorite one. This is this is your mark in the world and you to be a lighthouse. So for everybody listening, if you could only tattoo one thing on their soul for them to take forward from this interview, if it's the only thing that they took forward from this entire interview or that they took from just this spot to carry with them for the rest of their life, what would you tattoo on their soul? Is this uh, on their soul or their butt cheek? Butt cheek works too. In your world, it's butt cheek. <laughs> tattoo on their left butt cheek? Um... <laughs> I mean, I can't say ready as a lie because it's so cliche and I'm allergic to cliche. So I won't say that. I'm going to say empathy. I, it's not only a superpower in marketing, but if you can master that superpower in life, you're going to go so far and to so many places. So if I was to get another tattoo, I only have one. It's this, the ampersand, it's the and yep. sign. Yep. But if I was to have another, it would probably just be Empathy. Well, calm the F down and then empathy. <laughs> <laughs> Love calm the F down, empathy, and whoever gets it tattooed on your left butt cheek, I'm sure she'll bring you on the podcast or yeah. let you come to an event. I'll send you like one free book if you tattoo it on your butt cheek. Or one gummy. Just one I'll send you gummy. one gummy and one when the book's out, I will send you just one copy if you tattoo it on your left butt cheek. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I, I am not held responsible, liable, and no means am I promoting that you get a tattoo of somebody else's slogan on your left butt cheek, and I will not be held responsible. So there we go for my attorneys. All right, cool. He is 100% responsible. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. Oh, I'm going to say this publicly. Awesome. We need to do a round two on my show and we need to also go do yours. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I, this was one of the best interviews probably ever. I'm going to oh. be dead serious ever. You're very talented. You're so good at, I mean, you're just, you were, you were made for this. You're great. Thanks. You're just fantastic. And I'm interviewed a lot. So I I'm love it. That's, that, it's the best. Cause normally when these things end, I'm like, God, I'm so bad at interviews. Cause I don't like interviews. I just like talking to people. No, like this brought me so much energy. And I know when it was good, if it brought me energy versus depleted me. And I'm like, let's F and G now. I'll take it. I'll take it. So I'm going to end the show. Everybody, make sure you check her out. Angie, thanks for being here. Let me do the outro right now. So for those of you that were listening, that was another episode of the Free For All Friday. Remember, Crocs are cool. You can take CBD, talk about poop, have baby grandmas, have babies, and will be buying lactation cookies sometime in the next five years because Clay will be birthing his sourdough babies and eventually will give Angie a real one. And that's what we covered in today's episode. I will see you guys in the next one. Remember, I will see you in the next one or you will hear me in your earballs. But either way, it's time to cue the outro. 
Thank you for listening to another episode of the Mind of George show. Please make sure you subscribe on your favorite channel that you listen to, whether it's in the car, on your run, or in front of the television. Make sure you leave a review to help other people know how much you love the show and quite frankly, help me know how much you love the show because I read them all. And if you want five-minute daily insider nuggets on business, marketing, leadership, mindset, or any other tool that you would need to build and scale your company, make sure you register for my invite-only newsletter. I call it the Lightkeeper Lessons. I hold nothing back here and I share everything that works for me, my friends and mentors, and thousands of my students around the world to thrive in life and keep our lighthouses shining brightly. We will eventually be charging for this, but for now, for you, because you're listening to the podcast, it's free. So if you want to sign up, go to www.lightkeeper.club, fill out the application, and then check your inbox because it's magic. You actually have to open the emails to get the gifts inside. Otherwise, you can get access to my Relationships Beats Algorithms Facebook community and other free resources on the website. So just go to www.mindofgeorge.com and I'll see you in the next episode.